Let's go! The Oklahoma Sooners land Jaden Jackson. We'll talk about that, and we'll have some more media day takeaways on today's episode of Locked On Sooner. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Thank you for joining me. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners. And my buddy, who will be not here with us for the next little bit, Josh Helmer. Follow him at Josh on Ref. Sooner Nation, we got him. We got Jaden Jackson. Throw up the hands. Throw up the OU boomer sooner we got Jaden jackson man we were fired up i know you're hype i'm hype this is legit if you've been following the show for any period of time especially over the last few months you know my affinity for Jaden jackson if you followed me on twitter for several years you know my affinity for a big time one technique nose tackle defensive tackle type as a dallas cowboys fan it's something i've longed for my cowboys to get Seems like they've added that in Mozzie Smith. As an Oklahoma Sooners fan, I've needed that one-tech nose tackle type, a Siaki Ika, that can just stuff up the middle, take up space, take on double teams, beat those double teams, make plays in both the run game and the passing game, and they got Jaden Jackson to do just that. Now, I know you're looking at the 247 sports ratings, the on-three ratings. You're like, ah, three-star guy. What, why are we concerned about a three-star guy? Why are we so hype about a three-star guy? Well, just like every nose tackle at every level of every level of football, the nose tackle is probably one of the more underappreciated positions on a defensive line. You're not generally expecting this guy and asking this guy to be a pass rusher. You know, they talk about the money five positions in the NFL. That's the guy who throws the ball, the guy who catches the ball, the guy who blocks for the guy that throws the ball, generally the tackle, the guy that rushes, the guy that throws the ball, generally we're talking about the edge, and the guy that covers the guy that catches the ball, the cornerback. But in as the game has evolved, teams that can generate a pass rush up the interior have such an advantage. Look at what Aaron Donald's been able to do for the Los Angeles Rams. Who are the teams that have been Tom Brady's kryptonite in his years as a superstar Hall of Fame level quarterback. Teams that can generate a pass rush up the middle. Look at what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been able to do with Vita Vea. Anytime that you can get rush up the middle, it it makes a big difference. And you look at a guy like Jaden Jackson, and I know we talk about him as a nose tackle. We talk about him as this run stuffer, somebody who's going to help Oklahoma's run defense, which was one of the poorest in the nation last year. Obviously, once he gets on campus, gets acclimated to the college game, puts on a little bit more weight, adds some more strength, 24, 25, 26, we're going to start seeing that run defense improve. But a very underrated aspect of his game is his ability to shoot through the hole, to penetrate offensive lines with his quickness. He's got a great get off. I mean, he's able to get off the ball really quickly and get into the backfield, whether it's 
against the run, against the pass. He just does it all really, really well. And I mentioned Vita Vea before. That's kind of my comp. A guy that is an effective run player, but also a really, really good pass rusher for a guy his size. Now, you're not going to expect him to go out on the edge, line up against you know the team's best tackle, and, and beat him in one-on-one situations. No, that's not what you're asking him to do when he gets to Oklahoma. You're, you're hoping that or you're planning on him lining up between the guard and the center and or over the center and force teams to double team him because of his strength. That's going to push offensive linemen into the backfield. And because of his quickness, that's going to allow him to beat blockers to the backfield, which is going to open up everything for everybody else in the run game. When he's taking on double teams, that's going to open up so much for your linebackers. I talked about it a little bit on yesterday's show. Keeping your linebackers clean is the best way to have a great run defense. And that's one thing that Oklahoma's defensive line hasn't really done much in, you know, the Alex Grinch days, the first day of, or first year of Brent Venables is that so much was about speed and penetration. But if you were able to beat, you know, that first penetrating defensive tackle and you had your guard in your center at the linebacker level, ready to take on, you know, your one of your better players, whether it was a Kenneth Murray or Deshaun White or uh, David Aguebu, you know, Danny Stutzman last year. It matters keeping your linebackers clean because then they can run free, make plays, do the things that we love when linebackers do. That's why when I talked with Tony Casillas a couple years back, he we talked about how important the defensive tackle position was to the Oklahoma Sooners and to its success and its development as a defense. Now it didn't really transpire under Alex Grinch. We're hoping that's going to be the case under Brent Venables. And if his history is any indication, it's going to be go back to his time at Oklahoma and, and think about the, the elite defensive tackle play that they got Tommy Harris, Gerald McCoy. I mean, those two are the names that, you know, jump off at the top, but I mean, they had really, really good uh, defensive tackle players, Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence, out at uh, Clemson. I mean, they've found really, really good defensive tackles and a lot of Brent Venable's defense, which is predicated on aggression, playing downhill, playing fast. You've got to get really good defensive line play. Now, again, we're talking about the star ratings, things like that. And I kind of got off the the trail a little bit, but the nose tackle is going to go underappreciated a lot of times in these evaluations because they're doing the little things. They're doing the things that aren't necessarily always going to show up on the stat sheet. They're they're not always going to be the guy that's out there making the play. But if you look at it or listen to a guy like David Stone from an article from our friend over at Rivals, John Garcia, who talked with Mr. Stone and got his thoughts on Jaden Jackson, he talked about his ability to take up blockers to make David Stone's job much, much easier. And that matters. Like a three-text job, David Stone, presumably the three tech in this situation, his job is made so much easier by a defensive tackle that can take up space and that can eat up the the double teams. You know, um, if David Stone's not having to take on double teams, that makes his job much, much easier. If Adepoju Adabare isn't having to take on double teams, that's going to make his job so much easier. R. Mason Thomas, same thing. If teams are having to dedicate multiple personnel to a guy, that just opens things up for everybody. It's it's the old adage in any team sport, right? Uh, whether it's soccer or basketball, lacrosse, uh, it can be football too. If two guys are covering you, that means somebody's open. And so if two guys are trying to block one, that means somebody's getting a run open. 
And that and that that is a big win for Oklahoma's defense in the future once they get all these guys on campus. So yeah, I'm hype. I'm hype about this because not only is it going to help the run game when they get to the SEC and go up against some of these big, stout, really good, you know, running offensive lines, but it's also going to help them as a pass rushing team too. Because mark my words, he's not being brought here just to be a run a run defender. He's coming also to be a pass rusher because he's got the quickness. He's got the agility. He's got the strength. I mean, he moves incredibly well for a guy, his size, and there's no reason you're going to have to take him off the field on third down second and long situations, because he's going to be able to do everything for you. And that's another added benefit of getting a guy like Jaden Jackson is that you're not having to take him off the field in any situation, except just to get a breather. There are going to be times when maybe you're up big and all you got to do is worry about passing, you know, you know, rushing the passer where you might rotate him out a little bit more, but in neutral game situations, it's such a cheat code because you can have him out there on second and long and you're not losing anything from a pass rush perspective. And you're, and you're still got a, and you still got a really good run defender on the field at the same time. Whereas, or third and long, I mean, we saw, we've seen teams give up third and long runs all the time. If you've got a guy that is as equally adept at defending the run as he is, you know, rushing the passer, that really changes everything from a deployment standpoint where you're saying, okay, now we don't, now we got to pull Jaden Jackson off the field on third and long because he's not a very good pass rusher. Nah, you can keep him out on the field. And that's why it's so important to have, defensive ends that can do both as well they can rush the passer and play the run because on early downs first down if the quarterback drops back to pass well you got a really good pass rusher out there ready to make his life a living he double hockey sticks if you know what i mean and again on third down like you're not having to rotate a guy that's not as good of a pass rusher off the field and potentially give up a good run defense so and man, it opens up so many things for Brent Venables, for Todd Bates. And, and dude, salute to Todd Bates. Like this looked like a recruitment that was headed elsewhere. Anytime that we've talked with, whether it was Brian Smith or, you know, we talked on the show, Josh and I, it just seemed like, okay, it was Ohio state, you know, Miami was involved. Texas was a big player. And even earlier this week, all of the buzz seemed to be pointing to the Texas Longhorns and, when you're able to, you know, get a, a commitment when all of the buzz looks like it's going one direction and it's not your direction. I mean, that, that really does change everything. Um, and I, I think it creates so much buzz for Todd Bates and, you know, just when people are starting to kind of dog on Todd Bates, similar to how they were dogging on DeMarco Murray, the dude comes through and he comes through with a big time commitment. When remember, the stars, yeah, the stars matter. We're not going to sit here and say the stars don't matter. But let's think about who Oklahoma was going up against in this recruitment, okay? It was Ohio State, Texas, Miami. You know, two really, really good programs. Miami, historically, has been really, really good. It's a team on the rise. Texas, okay, I said they were a good program. My, sorry, I, I, I didn't mean it. I take it back. I take it back they're a team that generally recruits really, really well. So anytime that you can beat Texas in a recruiting battle, that's aces. Same with Ohio state. They recruit really, really well. Miami, they've got the bag that they can drop on just about anybody. And they recruit really, really well because of it. Oklahoma won. That's what you need to know. Nine sec teams, including Oklahoma and Texas were going after this kid. 
26 power five teams offered this kid and a number of group of five teams as well. So, okay. No Alabama, no Georgia, but he had Penn state. He had Michigan. He had Notre Dame. He had Oklahoma. He had Texas, Miami, Ohio state. Like these are blue blood programs going after this kid. So if you want to look at two, four, seven sports, three-star rating or on threes, three-star rating and be like, I don't know, man, I'm not sure about this kid. I'm not sure why John's so hyped about this kid. Take a breath, look at the offer sheets and understand that if these power five teams, again, 26 power five teams are going after Jaden Jackson, nine sec teams going after Jaden Jackson. I think it says something right there. You want to trust your coach's evaluations. If we believe Todd Bates to be a great defensive tackles coach, which he's proven to be coming to Oklahoma and a great recruiter and Brent Venables affinity or his ability as a defensive coordinator, defensive coach, which he's proven to be over the course of his 20 plus years as a defensive coordinator, then you got to trust the evaluation. Be excited about this one. This one is a good one. This is a great addition for the Oklahoma Sooners, especially because you won out over Texas. Boomer. Sorry. We're hype. We're hype. We're hype. So next, let's talk about what comes next for the Sooners. Let's talk about what it means moving forward. But first and first, I'm going to talk to you about our friends over at eBay Motors. Man, if you are looking for parts, you got to go to eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride! eBay Motors, guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items, exclusions apply. So... What does it mean for the Oklahoma Sooners? Well, first of all, you get my favorite player in the class. Let's just, let's just start there. This is my favorite player in the class, but also what it does. I think, I think it means you're getting David stone. It feels like the writing has been on the wall for a really, really long time. It feels like David stone and Jaden Jackson might've been a package deal, but David stone come or Jaden Jackson coming to Oklahoma seems to be a pretty significant sign that David Stone is coming to Oklahoma too. Let's look back again. Oh, this is what, uh, you know, David Stone said about Jaden Jackson. If you know ball bro is definitely the best nose defensive tackle in the country. Definitely top 10 DL as a whole back in April when uh, Jaden Jackson dropped his top 12, David Stone said, let's play together at the next level. Jaden Jackson said, would love to, bro. You know, like there's there's something to this. And I mean, easy to read into situations and, and easy to read into tweets. These guys know each other. They're great buddies. They're good friends. But with all the signs pointing to Oklahoma for David Stone of late, I mean, 
who's who's a team right now that you think is a threat to Oklahoma for David Stone? You haven't really heard Michigan State buzz for a long for a while. Uh, the Oregon buzz seems to have died down. You're not really hearing any buzz other than Oklahoma at this point. And the Jaden Jackson commitment again, it doesn't assure anything. It doesn't you know mean any you know it doesn't like put it in stone. No pun intended, but it makes it a greater likelihood that you're going to get David Stone. And I think with everything that's trending for Oklahoma right now, you're looking at right now, you've got Williams Winery trending toward Oklahoma, David Stone trending toward Oklahoma. You got Jaden Jackson committed. You got Wyatt Gilmore committed, Nigel Smith. I mean, the buzz has been, he's Oklahoma for a long, long time. And I don't think much of that's going to change. Uh, you know, Zuni Umeo Zulu, that's a name, you know, out of the, the North Texas area, out of Allen high school that is some, is one to watch, uh, somebody that again, Michael Hawkins is familiar with Davin Mitchell's familiar with. I think that's a name to watch, uh, Danny Okoye out of Noah. Like that's a name to watch as well. Will Oklahoma get all these guys? I think there's just as good a chance as any that they will. I would put it at 50, 50 that they could land. Smith and Okoye and Nguyenary and Stone. I, maybe I'll put it at like 75, 90% chance that they're going to get those four guys. Now, Zuni, that might be a little bit different. Uh, we'll see kind of what his priorities are and, and how deep this edge class is going to be. But, I mean, you're looking at putting together a four-star, a blue chip with four- and five-star defensive line class that is going to help carry you into the SEC uh, yeah, they won't be necessarily all ready to play in 2024, but by 25 and 26 and 27, I mean, that's going to be the core of your defensive line. Headlined by Stone, Winery, Jackson, Gilmore, probably Nigel Smith, possibly Danny Okoye. So there's still a lot that needs to kind of iron itself out in these recruiting battles. But now with Jaden Jackson in the boat, I think it makes it more likely that you get David Stone Again, we've talked a lot about Williams Nguyenary. The buzz from Georgia's kind of all died down. Missouri, I mean, it's an in-state school, but it's Missouri. Uh, you know, there's always going to be a little bit of in-state buzz that kind of creates a little bit of a draw, but I, I don't think that that's going to be a school that is going to beat Oklahoma in this recruitment. I just don't. There's, there's too much recruiting cachet. There's too much uh, history of success for development with Brent Venables, Todd Bates, you know, Miguel Chavis is kind of getting his feet wet as a position goes coach for the first time, but who better to learn under than Brent Venables and Todd Bates, right? Like who better to be aligned with than those two guys. So there's a lot of reasons for no to pick Oklahoma. I think the reasons just got even better with Jane Jackson. It's like we talked about in the first segment, having a defensive tackle that can, disrupt an offensive game plan by taking on multiple blockers that opens things up even for a guy like Williams Winery who may not need the help he may not need anybody to take on a double team for him to to open things up but to to play one-on-one with an offensive tackle is a lot better than having to play two-on-one with a tackle and a guard or a tackle and a tight end or a tackle and a running back I mean teams that have to deploy a lot of assets to blocking the pass rush that means they just don't get to put as many people into the routes as they'd like. And that makes things a lot more challenging on a quarterback, which means you win if you're the defensive pass rush. So man, good times. Things are buzzing for the Oklahoma Sooners. I mean, a lot more still to come down the pipe. 
as, on the recruiting front. I mean, Taylor Tatum's coming up next. We still got to, uh, to await the Williams Winery commitment date. I mean, I know August 1st has kind of been floated out there, but that's not really, really confirmed uh, by Winery himself. That's more, uh, who is it? Isaiah Mose's dad talking to Steve Wiltfong and just kind of roundabout stuff. So we'll see if Winery is August 1st. I believe David Stone probably wants to have this done before the beginning of the school year. Again, I don't know that personally, but you know, at some point you're just, as much as David Stone loves the the recruiting process, at some point you just want to be done with it and go play football. So we'll see. Um, but this has to look really, really good for Oklahoma. Uh, Nigel Smith and and, uh, and Zeno Umezolo, Umeuzo, sorry, excuse me, Umeo Zulu, uh, had a little nice little boomer sooner together. So I think that's that's kind of telling. Final thing we're going to talk about. And that's uh, kind of the biggest thing that came out of Big 12 Media Days, in my opinion. And we'll have more you know, Big 12 Media Day reaction and takeaway uh, coming up on the live show on Monday night. We're going to have Shehan Jayaraja of CBS Sports just to give us his takeaways, his thoughts, and then also a little bit of an outlook on the Big 12 season for 2023 on the Monday night live show. So make sure you're tuned in for that as well. Uh, last, But it's competitive depth. Brent Venables spent a lot of time talking about competitive depth uh, at AT&T Stadium in Arlington for Big 12 Media Day. And, and I think he's right. The Oklahoma Sooners have so much more depth this year than they did a year ago. I mean, think of all the guys that were playing significant roles that transferred out. I mean, Jaden Davis, gone. Theo Weiss, gone. Uh, I mean, you, would you like to have a Theo Weiss here? Probably, because your wide receiver situation is a little bit uncertain at this point. But defensively, you're you're better, you're faster, you're more athletic, you're more aggressive because you got guys like Desan McCullough. You got you brought in a Connor Near, who Brent Venable spoke very highly of. You know, your 2023 recruiting class, which is arguably the best defensive class that Oklahoma's recruited in the modern era. I mean, Lewis Carter's on campus now. Sam Omasigo's on campus now. Phil Picciotti's been there for six months. Um, you know, Connor Near's now on campus to go along with, you know, Danny Stutzman and Jaron Canick and Kobe McKenzie and Kip Lewis, like that linebacker group, man, that's stout. Like the linebacker group is stout. It may not be very experienced outside of Stutzman and, you know, the snaps that McCullough got last year with Indiana and Connor Neer's time at Ferris state D two. But I mean, those snaps that, that Connor Neer played at D two Ferris state, those are valuable snaps. And then you also got Shane Whittier. Like let's not forget about him. That's a, that's a veteran player that can rotate in probably at multiple positions and play significant snaps for you. So defensively, yeah, they've got a lot more depth and, and just better depth. It's just a better, deeper team all in all. Did Venables admit that they probably should have played their younger players more? Yeah. Preaching to the choir, Brent. We agree. We think you should have played guys like Jaron Canick, Kobe McKenzie, Kip Lewis, you know, name another guy. I mean, you, some, maybe your cornerbacks, Gentry Williams, your safety, Robert Spears Jennings. Maybe you should have gotten those guys some more snaps, but that's in the past. You can't change that. But what you've done is you continue to develop them. Gentry Williams looks like he could potentially start this year. Uh, you know, Grayson Halton had a great spring, a guy that could potentially play significant snaps for the Sooners team. You know, Dylan Gabriel, he talked about guys that he's really excited for and Makari Vickers and Josiah Wagner were two names that, that came to mind. Jaquay's Petaway. So like these freshmen are really standing out. He believes that, 
you know, and Brent Venables believes that the wide receivers, Andrew Anthony and Nick Anderson and, uh, you know, Jaden David or not Jaden Davis, Jaden Gibson are Brendan Thompson are, are due for a step in the right direction to help Oklahoma's wide receiver core. I mean, I came out of media days just as confident and optimistic about Oklahoma's, you know, ability to contend in the big 12 as I was before. And that's probably not something that should change when you go into a media day, but you know, to hear Brent Venables talk. And I know we bought the hype last year. We bought the hype in the spring, in the summer. And we were let down in 2022. But I think he's right about the competitive depth aspect that this team is deeper, especially on defense because of their recruiting class, because of the transfer portal. They are a much more prepared team to go in and play a much better branded defense uh, in 23 and, and potentially finish out their final year in the big 12 contending for the big 12 title and maybe even raising that banner as Brent Venables uh, mentioned a few weeks back that this team could be one that, you know, if their defense is, is better and maybe even significantly better, they, they'll have a chance to, to raise a banner. So fascinating stuff, very intriguing, exciting stuff all around for the Oklahoma Sooners. We'll continue to cover all this and on the recruiting trail um, as we work through July. We're not even halfway through July yet, and this still promises to be a very, very big month for the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, again, Taylor Tatum expected to commit, uh, and several more um, are going to be committing uh, this month as well. Um, let me see if I can find them all real quick. Uh, I think it was Mr. Pilkington or own Kikuno that uh, tweeted out the commitment schedule that's coming up over the next uh, few weeks. It's going to take me a minute, but I think I'll be able to find it really quickly. Uh, if I can scroll the Twitter fast enough, this is fantastic podcasting. If you're here still um, at the end of the, uh, the, the broadcast. Thank you so much for being a part of locked on Sooners and tuning into the show. Just know, like if you're a third segment listener, you are a diehard listener. You're a core listener here on locked on Sooners. So if you, if you listen to the third segment, if you're making it all the way into minute 25 of the show, will you let us know in the, in the comment section, just write third segment, great third segment, or Hey, really, you know, we listen to the third segment or whatever. Just let us know if you're, if that's the case, because we'd love to, to get your feedback on that. Um, but here are the updated confirmed commitment dates. This is from at Oni Kuno or Mr. Pilkington on Twitter. Uh, we got Jaden Jackson today. Zion Reagans commits on July 18th. Again, trending towards Oklahoma. Uh, five-star running back Taylor Tatum at July 21st. Michael Patterson McDonald, another guy that's really tight with uh, David Stone committing on July 31st, Caden Durham, August 25th, and uh, Braden Platt, September 4. So a lot of big-time commitments coming for the Oklahoma Sooners, or at least big-time targets coming that are on Oklahoma's radar. Um, Jaden Jackson, big one to check off the list right now, but Reagans, Tatum, Michael Patterson, McDonald, Caden Durham, all guys that Oklahoma's favored for. Braden Platt, that's going to be one of those that the Sooners are going to have to, to win a recruiting battle with Oregon for, uh, I mean, they got to re win recruiting battles with against teams for all these guys, but Braden Platt is the one that seems to be the, the guy that, okay, they might be a little bit behind on right now. So, uh, continue following, subscribe to locked on Sooners, wherever you get your podcasts and over on YouTube. Also hit that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. And, um, 
Let us know in the comment section, what do you think is going to happen over the, le- the rest of the summer? Do you think Oklahoma is going to get David Stone, Williams, Donary? Do you think this team has more competitive depth, especially on the defensive side of the ball? Do they have a realistic shot at moving from the 126 second ranked defense to 60 to 80 nationally in 2023? Love to hear your thoughts. Again, be here for the live show Monday night, 9 p.m. Central Time, where we'll talk to our man, Shehan Jayaraja, about his thoughts from Big 12 Media Day, his opinion on what the Oklahoma Sooners look like heading into the 2023 season. Shehan always brings the facts, and he always brings the truth. I mean, his his opinions are may not be for everybody, but they will be grounded in reality. They're not far-fetched and, and reasonable. They are reasonable opinions. So make sure you're tuned in for that. Can't wait to talk to you and answer your questions on the live show and uh, to break down more recruiting news as it happens here on Locked On Sooners. But follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. Follow Josh at Josh on Ref. The show is at Locked On Sooners. Again, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, for my buddy Josh Helmer, enjoying a nice little break. I'm John Williams on the Locked On Podcast Network. Boomer Sooner.